Hello, hello. Welcome to Your Home by Design, the podcast where we talk all about our homes and how they affect our health and well-being. Some episodes, we delve deep into the research and some, we just chat. I'm Nico, an interior designer and researcher passionate about bringing forward the findings so that you can improve your lifestyle and well-being. Grateful to have you. Let's do this. Welcome to today's episode. So today, today I'm going to talk all about atmosphere. Um, But first, I just want to say Happy New Year. (laughs) This is the first episode that I am recording in 2024. So um, I was planning on doing an episode uh, last week, and I just decided to take the week and enjoy the rest of the holidays being present with my family. Uh, Of course, I did end up getting sick, unfortunately, for a few days. So Um, but nonetheless, we did have a great holiday, and I hope you did too. I hope the start of your 2024 has been great, and I am so looking forward to this year. Um, So let's get to the topic. So today, we are talking all about atmosphere, atmosphere in a room. Um, When you design your room, it has a feel, it has an atmosphere, it has a presence, it has a mood. Um, I'm going to talk all about atmosphere, what it means, what it looks like, some studies done on it, um, and how you should think about atmosphere when you're creating a space. So what does the atmosphere in a room mean? What is atmosphere? Before I get into this, before I define it for you and break it down, I want you to picture something. So picture this. It's really raining outside your window. You happen to have some time to just sit. It's dim in the room and you're feeling really cozy. You decide to put on some music. And because it's raining and you're feeling relaxed, you choose something moody to listen to. Music that fits how you feel. You watch the rain on the window and you light a candle. You're in the moment, almost feeling like you could go for a nap, but instead you decide to sip a hot drink and listen to the music. While you're picturing this, what type of music would you put on? Does it enhance the mood that you feel? Does it keep you there in that moment? What else keeps you there? The sound of the rain, the warm drink, the smell in the air, the light. Years ago, I used to write songs and there were times that I would get inspired by the way a song, someone else's song would make me feel. I'd be listening to something and it would get me thinking. It would give me an idea for for a song and I would then grab my pen and paper and start writing and Often, I would have to keep listening to that same song over and over again while I was writing my song to keep me in that headspace, to keep me in that feel. And I would have to sometimes go to the, a, a very specific part of the song. Maybe it was one that just had music versus lyrics, so I didn't get distracted. But it gave me a feeling that I could then keep writing to. And it wasn't even that I would write to the tempo or anything. It literally was the feel of the song would keep me in a feeling that I wanted to write my song with. Um, so... Yeah, it would give me a mood and a feel. 
And looking back, listening to that music and creating my environment to support that, like, you know, in the middle of writing, I would change my lighting, I would dim it down, or I might brighten it up, depending on what I was writing. Maybe I'd put some essential oils on, you know, I might open my window to be able to hear the world outside, you know, making these changes to, to, to keep me in that bubble affected my immediate atmosphere. So it's like listening to acoustic music on a rainy day, lighting candles, smelling the scent. The light is different on a rainy day than on a bright sunny day. The way it lights up a room, the way it affects your mood and what you feel like doing, listening to what you feel like eating, what you feel like doing that day. You know, you see the atmosphere has the ability to transform how you interact with your day, your life, what you achieve and what you choose to do or not do. Atmosphere is the mood, sensorial qualities of a space, how we experience a room, the feel of a space, how it guides our feelings and informs them, the vibe, the character, the story. It can be a place or situation associated with mood. You know, how we feel before we enter a room can be changed or altered based on what the atmosphere is when we enter. So I researched atmosphere right? Because I really wanted to share with you and shed light on the effects it has and the importance of it in our everyday life, as well as just a basic sort of understanding. And I want you to think about your rooms and that they have the ability to have immense effects on you. And you have the ability to drive those effects. You know, the mood you create with each and everything you put in the room and how you designate the rooms, right? The things you choose to do or not do in the room. And if you haven't heard the term up until now, or if you've never considered atmosphere in your home, then I think you might be interested to know that you can set a mood, a tone, a quality to your interiors that say something to your senses. And if you know what I'm about, you will know that I am very firm on wanting people to create spaces that are unique to them, that tell their stories and evoke the emotions they want their homes to evoke. You know, and as you'll learn with atmosphere, it's somewhat personal. And we react to spaces based on our individual emotions and our experiences, even our preferences. You know, this is why your room shouldn't look like your friend's room or the rooms on Instagram. You know, sure, there will be elements of those rooms that you'll like and you'll want to emulate, you know, things you're drawn to based on the things I just mentioned, but you really need to think about why. Like, why is it right for you? How do you want it to feel? And what do you want to do in the room? So in design school, I worked on a project where you got to choose the words you wanted to to design a room around. So basically, there was a ton of words and we had to choose two words. Um, And they were kind of categorized so that they worked together. But the two words that I chose was warm and sophisticated. And it's funny that I remember it so well, that project, because it was so many years ago. But I suppose this may have been my first introduction into the idea of atmosphere and mood. I had to put together a scheme for materials, layout, furniture, colors, and lighting. And all the things were chosen with this mood, these two words, warm and sophisticated, in mind. And I think for you, this is also a great place to start, to really think about what mood you want to create, because the mood impacts the atmosphere and vice versa. 
So firstly, there have been many papers, books, and studies done in various fields like environmental psychology, architecture, neuroscience, design, with the goal of understanding how our environment, how our space is a direct direct environment, impacts us, our behaviors, our well-being, our feelings and emotions. You know, these these studies are, are often rooted in sensor, sensory experiences. So atmosphere and sensory experiences are connected. So things like color psychology and lighting and spatial design and biophilic design. So I'm going to run through those four topics quickly um, with some research there. But There are many more topics that are rooted in sensory experiences. Um, So the first one, color psychology. So research suggests that colors affect our moods and emotions. So I'm sure you've heard of this, right? We know that certain colors evoke certain emotions, like warm colors, red and yellow evoke feelings of excitement and warmth. Red is is, um, the excitement. It actually increases our heart rate and it's it's said to stimulate our appetite. Um, green is often associated with relaxing and calming. Um, and, you know, blue is soothing. And, you know, and, you know, for green, I don't know if you knew this, but this is a fun little fun fact. Um, the reason hospitals are, are green, um, and I won't go into the the long history of this too much, but in short, there was a doctor in World War One that was doing surgery. And at the time, hospital gowns and walls and everything was very stark white. And what he found is that he couldn't see the anatomy of the patients. So as he's looking and doing his operating, he's seeing red, obviously. And then when he would look up and see stark white, it was just really jarring to his eyes. So he explored color theory and tested colors and what he found was that red and green worked really well together. Um, in terms of color theory, red or green was very relaxing and tranquil, which I think he thought was would be good for his patients. It also helped his eyes rest. So as he was looking down at red, it, when he looked up and saw green, it was a bit of... Um, like it was, it helped his eyes. It, it helped them to, to remain stimulated and to see the details. Um, and, and, you know, red and green are complementary colors on the color wheel, if you didn't know. <laughs> but anyway, so he changed his hospitable hospital to be green and uh, all of North America followed suit. So yes, color psychology is very important to set the tone and the mood of a space. Um, Another thing is the lighting. So studies suggest that lighting conditions affect mood and cognitive function. So natural light versus artificial, um, you know, on things like sleep patterns and well-being and productivity. Um, And they've even looked into the effects of lighting temperature. So warm light versus cool light. You know, if you buy... um, you know, a bulb at the store, it will have a Kelvin rating. So it will give you the, the light temperature and cool light is, is closer to what you would experience in the daytime. So it's more of a white light. And I'm sure you've heard not to look at screens too close to bedtime. And that's because the type of light it emit it emits, uh, stimulates your brain because it mimics daytime and it's said to suppress melatonin. So you can imagine if you wanted to create a warm and inviting mood to your room, then you would want to avoid using a cool light temperature. 
you know, and then there's spatial design. So research suggests that the layout of a room and the aesthetics of a space, so including the organization, can influence our behaviors and our emotions. So again, if you think about a room of yours that's disorganized, and then you think about the atmosphere you want that space to have. So say, for instance, you have a room that is disorganized and not intentionally thought out, and you want that room to feel grand and open with a distressed quality. You know, you want it to be a bit dramatic, let's say. You know, how do you think the disorganization and lack of intentionality would play into that? Well, it could completely stop what you want and need from that space. So it's very important to consider these things. And then I'm sure you've heard the term biophilic design, which is the practice of incorporating nature into built environments and the effects it has on our well-being. So research in this area has shown that exposure to nature, whatever, whether it's indoors or outdoors or even through a window, can enhance your mood, reduce stress, and improve cognitive function. So being connected to nature would affect the as- atmospheric qualities in a room. So how you relate to the room and the effects that it has on you. I recently read a paper um, published by a professor and cognitive scientist by the name of David Kirsch, and I was really excited to find this article. Um, It's titled Atmosphere, Mood, and Scientific Explanation. And there were many really great takeaways from this paper, but I wanted to highlight a few of them for you as I thought you might be interested to hear. And as I was reading, there was one word that really stuck out to me in the beginning of the article, and that was interact. Dr. Kirsch was talking about light, sound, smell, texture, geometry, and he said how they interact. So interaction is arguably one of the most important things in a room. See, everything you choose to put in your room, all the elements interact with one another and you interact with them visually and tactily. So how are you interacting with your spaces? What emotion does it draw out or change? You know, the smallest detail can bring out certain emotions, you know, how you interact with them or pay attention to them. You know, another thing he said that I think is important to note is how the atmosphere can affect us even if we are not aware of it. And I think they this may be one of the things that happens intuitively when you walk into a room that is well-designed or really appealing to you and you know that you love it, but if somebody were to ask you why, would you be able to break it down? Would you know that certain colors have certain wavelengths that affect you emotionally, that the smell may, may be triggering a distant memory that in the moment you might not even be able to recall. You know, would you know that certain textures influence how you perceive the space and the way the light comes in and the temperatures of light, you know, even the actual temperature of the room itself, you know, even the arrangement of furniture, you know, perhaps placed so perfectly to make you feel invited into the room. And research suggests that the emotion you have before you enter a room will affect how you perceive that room. So if the room's mood was designated to be cozy, then you will perceive the room and the atmosphere of the room differently if you are in a positive mood versus a negative mood. So something I wonder is if you were to enter a space in a negative mood, and let's say it's a room that you have designated as a relaxing zone, and you get in there and you chill, 
You know, you try to relax. And then at what point is your mood improved by simply being in that space? So something that Kirsch notes is the idea of how we see a space in relation to the tasks performed. And I love this because it, it gives a really interesting perspective. So he uses an example of moviegoers versus movie custodians. So he says that a moviegoer might notice details in the building, like the beauty of the ceiling moldings, while the custodian might notice garbage under the ceiling and lights that are out in the ceiling. You know, we, we all have these experiences. You know, you know when you first arrive at a hotel or say an Airbnb, and at first you notice all the niceties, perhaps the design is really cool or whatever. And then the longer you stay, you notice other things like wear and tear or the distance that it takes to get from here to there, or that this or that has not been thought through, or the cleanliness isn't as good as what you initially had thought. So when we understand how the atmosphere impacts the design of a space and how it gives that little extra, that theme, um, the magic, then what I think we have to wrap our heads around is this idea of creating a mood. You know, if you want to design a room that has an atmosphere, then I think the best place to start is deciding on the mood you want for that room. I think that this allows you to keep consistencies. It allows you to make decisions always falling back on the mood. So the example that I gave you earlier was warm and sophisticated. Those two words that I chose as a project back when, you know, those, that's kind of what you can do for your spaces because that gives you consistencies. So every choice you make is going to say, does it, does it support this mood that I want to create? And then ultimately this is what creates the atmosphere because every choice that you make is going to say, how is this going to feel? You know, is this the feeling of the mood that I'm going to create? Is this the, the, the sensation of sense? Is this the, the, um, the light levels that I want to create is, and so how can this mood that I want be supported by all of the design elements in the room? And then overall that's going to affect and, and create that atmosphere. When you walk into that room, it will have atmosphere if you've made each one of those choices um, with intention. So if you decide on the mood, then you can make those choices to support that, like I mentioned. So, you know, the, the colors, lighting, textural details, visual details, and that's what creates the atmosphere. And of course, if you're fortunate enough to live somewhere that has an atmosphere with the setting or the architecture, but if you don't then think about how you can create Create it with the things like materials in the space. For example, a stone can have different qualities in the way you treat it. For instance, um, it could be polished or, it, or honed. It could be cut or drilled. So each material has a way to do it that lends itself to the atmosphere, the mood that you want to create. And I think too that we have this idea of getting things quickly, right? And, and this is perhaps an episode for another day, but, but why, why do we want things so fast? You know, we want to walk into a store that has what we're looking for and walk out done and done. But the magic is often in the time, the patience for the thing that speaks to you most, that supports the mood that you want to create. You know, I know 
I have witnessed several times when a person has something in mind and they walk into the store and walk out with something different than what they originally wanted because the store didn't have what they had in mind. So instead of looking somewhere else to find that perfect thing and to stay authentic with what you want, they instead compromise for the sake of want. And that compromise often takes you out of your space. It takes you out of your space, right? It might become then generic. So let's say instead of buying the store-bought toss cushions, you get them custom made and you choose a fabric that you love. And when you choose that fabric, you get to decide on many details. So things like which way you want the pattern to run or which tone of fabric colors you want, you know, the size of of the toss cushion, the details like the trim, um, if it's box banded or if it has baseball stitching, you know, you get to weigh in and weighing in causes you to ask yourself the questions that adds to the mood that creates that atmosphere and that echoes what you love and your story from the tactility to the colors to the scale to the patterns. And the most important in all those little decisions you make to create a whole picture and a consistent mood and an impactful atmosphere is you weave all the things you love into it. You know, be authentic and be intentional. That is so very important. So I was reading some work by uh, a German philosopher by the name of Gernot Bomi, who explored the concept of atmosphere and how we interact with the environments. And he emphasized the role of environments in shaping our perception and the feelings we have within spaces. So he suggests that our perception of space involves other senses, such as touch, sound, smell, and even temperature. You know, these sensory inputs contribute to the creation atmosphere and influence our emotional responses. And I love his take on subjective experience because he emphasizes that each person perceives and interprets the atmosphere differently based on their personal background, their emotions, experiences. And I think this is why it is so key to design spaces to suit you. So when I say be authentic, you know, because that's why, because it has to touch you and the way your space, the way your room is going to impact you is going to be different than it impacts, say, a stranger that walks into your room. Even if you create the mood and the atmosphere, what you bring into that space, um, is going to resonate with you differently than what it would someone else. So he also talks about how designers and architects can create or manipulate atmospheres within the space to evolve specific emotional responses. So as I mentioned, if you want to create an atmosphere, then if you decide on the mood you want in the room, first ask yourself what you need the room to function like. You know, and the reason for this is if you work in a room out of your home and you need it to be uplifting and keep you alert, um, you're not going to choose a mood like relaxed and chill as this would call for a completely different approach to every choice. So you have to think about the function of the room and what you need the room to do for you before you consider what mood you want to create. And if you're curious about the different moods that you can create um, in a space, let's say you're looking for a list of moods, I was thinking that I might uh, create a PDF with a list of moods that uh, you can access. So um I will link that to the show notes. Um, I don't think I'll have it ready for uh, 
when I launch this, but I will link it to the show notes in the next uh, week or so. Um, anyway, if you are interested in that, you can also uh, DM me on Instagram. Um, you can just say um, mood list and I will send you um, that PDF as soon as it's done. But anyway, today I just want to leave you with this. It's a quote by Louis Bargon. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Um, he is a, a very famous architect. Um, so his, this is a quote from him. Architect, architecture is an art when one consciously or unconsciously creates aesthetic emotion in the atmosphere and when this environment produces well-being. I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. Chat soon. If you're enjoying this podcast, please subscribe. You can leave us up to a five-star review. Please also, if you're not already following me on social media, I'm Nico underscore Smetello. That's N-I-C-O underscore S-M-U-T-Y-L-O. You can also follow your Paro. And don't forget to head over to our website to grab some free resources and learn about our upcoming mini-series, Unlocking the Power of Home to Bring Health and Happiness.